everyone. Tonight's um, show is, is another plot drift. I was looking at my statistics earlier, and plot drifting is actually pretty popular among my listeners, both live and archive listeners. So um, we're going to, you know, play with this until we get bored with it and see how it goes. Uh, tonight, I have two guests, Jilly and Lady Holder. Lady Holder will go first, and she'll get 35 minutes to plot drift with our topic, which is Tony Denozo Lee's NCIS. Then Jilly will go, and then I will go last. I'm going last just in case I don't keep track of the time properly and one of them goes over. Um, I don't want either one of them to get cut off or um, not get to you know, play their full time, so I'm going to do me last. Um, that sounded really dirty. But I'll, but normally, I'm going to be honest, I do me first. <laughs> and um, I didn't put my phone on, um, on uh, silent. Sorry. That probably sounded a weird little echo thing there. Um, <clears throat> Yes, there should be sound. Well, obviously, if Capricious can't hear me, then answering their question from the chat room would do absolutely no good. Uh, <laughs> you can tell already this is going to be one of my more ditzy evenings. I slept too long, and then um, I uh, I fucked around a little bit in the kitchen, and um, I tried to make a frittata. In the, we had 15 minutes in the in between the two. I'm gonna just a little bit. Um, I'm gonna tell you this little story first, and then we'll get started with Lady Holder's drift. Um, I was trying to make a frittata, and that's basically a, a big thick omelet. Um, and it requires that you flip it. And I had watched on YouTube this person do it with with a plate, and they did it very well, and it looked really easy when they did it. So I tried to flip it. It didn't it didn't quite work out. It's a work in progress. I'm gonna need a smaller skillet. Or maybe one of those skillets that kinda like, you know, has a top and a bottom and you just flip it over to cook the other side. I think I'm gonna need that. I don't know. It was still really, really, really good, even if it was terribly unattractive. No, it doesn't fold in the middle. You cook the whole thing this I'll post a video on my Facebook after the show um, showing you what I tried to do. Fortunately, there is no video evidence of what I actually did. Um, it wasn't good. But it was really, really good. I did potatoes and sausage and cheese. Um, it was very tasty. Anyways, tonight's plot drift. We're going to get started. Lady Holder has 35 minutes. Lady Holder is traditionally a pantser um, with a little bit of plotting here and there. So it's always fun to listen to her plot drift. And um, here we go. Uh-oh. Wait. Lady Holder, is that you? No. Hello? <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong one. Okay, hold on. I always fuck them up. It's because their numbers are very similar. The front part is very similar. Yeah, that's Lady me. Holder is... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I didn't stick myself in the queue, so, you know, that might have helped, too. Um, okay, so I was looking at a, a um, area to decide when I'm going to have Denozo leave NCIS. And, I mean, there's there's some major points on there. 
And I don't know if I want him to leave when um, Kate dies, before Kate dies, uh, with the seal with the kiss um, thing, or do I want um, do I want him to leave uh, after Boxed In, where you know um, uh, Ziva gets him shot? I don't know. Well, you need to make a decision, and you only got thirty five yeah, minutes, so. Make it. <laughs> Make yeah, it and break yeah, it, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I'm breaking it. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be before Kate dies because I actually want Kate in this thing. I liked her. Um, okay, so it's probably going to be um, after Sealed with a Kiss. And Sealed with a Kiss is the plague episode. So... Um, Tony, poor guy, he doesn't quite um, bounce back as quickly or as thoroughly as he does in the show. So he comes back, let's see. For once I'm writing it down. (laughs) It's important to write down. It really is. Well, in this case, um, I've got a cheat. Yeah. And... Let's see, so that would be um, Kate's alive. Doesn't recover. Okay, so or yours is post-whack. Um, who's your pairing? Actually, I'm not 100% certain if I'm going to have a pairing right away. Cool. Um, it's not going to be Gibbs because I, I think I'm I'm – as much as they are my OTP for that group, I don't think I'm going to do it. Um, but we're still going to have the um, Gibbs commenting that he needs to live. And then tapping him on the head and calling him Sparky, if I remember right. Am I right? I don't remember. I've only watched Spanky. You call him Spanky? Spanky. Wow, that's like, that's not even where all the subtext go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was kind of if I remember right, that that um, Tony was getting a lot of phone calls uh, from some lady who was calling him Spanky. You got some some distance from you. Did you move away from your mic? Mm, I'm on a, not on a headset, I'm on a um, headphone. So, okay, how's that? Yeah. Any, okay. Um, you, well, you, what happened was you kind of faded away like you walked away from oh, your mic and then came back. No, so. no I'm, I'm not. Okay. People keep calling for Spanky. Oh, figures. Um, <laughs> so what does Spanky say? Well, that's, that'll be a, uh, um, something to explore. Who's Spanky and why is, he, and why is Denosa being called Spanky? <laughs> oh, the reasons. Okay. Oh, many reasons. I have I have many that just flashed into my mind, but none that I'm going to use at the moment. Um, let's see. So by the list of where is it? There it is. Um, sealed with a kiss is 2005. So I think I'm going to. It's May 2005 at that. So I think I'm going to actually combine it, because why not, and do it 
with the all-time favorite, um, actually, it's going to be a trifecta because I'm, I'm going to, to borrow a character I just briefly played with. But it's going to be... I'm going to do Stargate. And 2005, I think, was still SG-1. But I'm also going to grab Ian. Because I like Edgerton. Edgerton. Oh, okay. I like him, too. Where was numbers at during 2005? I actually don't know. I'm kind of limited on what you I know can, what? I actually, can look I'm up at this time. I'm going to claim Ian Edgerton, too, is mine. So either way, Ian. My Ian? <laughs> <laughs> He's Atlantis. Ian. Atlantis. Um, that's, their, that's the first year of the expedition. 2004 was when they um, began the show. So the Rising Part 1 took place July 16, 2004. So he would be second wave if I borrowed him. That would work. Okay, so he's second wave Atlantis. Okay, and Jeep says in the chat room that number starts January 2005. So... Ian's going to get used. He's not going... He's not going to be... I don't think I'm going to have him... Oh, hell no. Um, <laughs> Ian is um, in fugitive apprehension with the FBI at that point. Right, so. but I'm also looking. I'm also looking at that horrible, horrible note that that was the side note from. I think it's. I can't see the rest of your name, but Dawn too comments that there's going to be a Stargate reboot movie in 2018. No, not watching that one. Thanks, awfully pass. Um, <laughs> just no. So. Ian gets tapped because they need they need more in um tracking experience because you think about it where they are what they've got the marines are probably all desert trained because of the current war that there's that uh, we were fighting at the time they're not really most of the the places they've been they don't have the right type of uh people there I don't think um, so might as well use it. So here's your question. Here I'm asking you a question. Um, sure, is Tony it. leaving NCIS or is Tony just leaving? Um... He flirts with leaving uh, NCIS. Okay. Um, and at the time we had because that was Morrow. Madam Director was not in charge yet, was she? Um, no, that happened afterwards. Yeah, because, yeah, that, oh, no. Um, that was right at the changeover. So kill Airy 1. Okay, thank you, Jilly. Jilly says um, Madam Director was not in charge until kill Airy 1. So Which that would have been... Four months later, after Sealed with a Kiss. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, Tony flirts with leaving NCIS. He's on medical. He's on medical leave. 
Um, and he gets as the the um, number two in charge of MCERT, the, the the main team out of Washington, and the guy who is at least as far as the way they've set everything up, is basically number, what, three, maybe four in the agency as far as as where they have um, Gibbs most of the time. Um, He's probably got a ridiculously high uh, security clearance, I would expect. So... um, Let's say they grab him because he's got the right um, the right clearance. He's out of he's off the team at the moment anyhow. Um, Morrow could be good friends with Hammond. Not Hammond, Morrow's Jack. Jack O'Neill. Um, Hammond was out of the SGC at that point, or but Hammond was at um, Home World. Right, and maybe John is asking for an NCIS agent on on yeah. Atlantis because he's got he's got a couple hundred Marines at that point. Yes, I desperately want one. Yeah, um, he's definitely in need of an agent very far afloat. <laughs> yeah, hundreds of Marines. Um, and need agent afloat. Far, far away in the galaxy. Far, far away. Um, let's see. If, if we've got that, um, let's see. So they also um, they look at him. They test. They do a blood test, or they sneak a blood test. Because God knows he's getting poked and prodded and stuff because of the plague. And I normally put percentages in when I do the ancient routine. And John and my stuff is normally somewhere around the high 90% ancient. So I don't want Tony to be higher. So, hmm... Let's say higher than than Carson, who was probably what seventies, eighties. If we were if you we were putting percentages on him. Oh yeah, because he could op- he could operate the chair, but then so could Miko. But not all gene carriers yeah. could operate the chair. So Carson and right. Miko both could operate the chair. Whereas Markham, okay. I don't know if they ever mentioned him operating the chair, but he could fly a jumper. Right. So Markham's in the sixties. Um, let's put him that. Stackhouse also got the gene, right? I'm not sure. Well, in mine, they get the gene. <laughs> okay, they're mine. Um, let's see. Carson. As a matter of fact, Cannon did become her bitch at some point. <laughs> yeah, I've got this best friend who does this shit, and it's kind of fun to play well, with it. You know what? If you're going to do it, <laughs> you might as well go all in. You know, if I'm going to go for broke, I might as well go for broke. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're going to make two characters on TV that are obviously straight, not straight, you might as well just go 
yeah, go big or go home. <laughs> yes, I know. What's one more change <laughs> compared? Wasn't I the one who actually coined the author hand wave of destiny? I don't remember. It's been such a long time. Anyhow, so I put um, Nico and, and Carson in the 70s. Weirdly, and, and I think um, McKay, I honestly think he had a recessive. He was, he was recessive. He didn't have the activator because I think he was basically, that was the only thing he was missing. Because he was, he was playing with the chair and all the equipment without a hitch. And they never seemed to have any problems. Or any, didn't seem to have any of the problems that Carson did. When he got activated, is that Rodney that didn't get to play you? with the chair? No, Rodney didn't get to play with the chair until he accidentally used the ascension machine. Yes, but he which made him m- he couldn't he couldn't make it work for him. Not until he got almost ascended, which was in the Tau of Rodney. Yeah, I'm not now he could fly. Um, he could fly a jumper. Um, okay, but they were really shocked and surprised to find him in the chair. During that episode, because Rodney, with his um, gene therapy, didn't do well in the chair before he almost ascended. Fuck it. Cannon blast. Which happened in season two, right? Uh, I thought that was a three, but whatever. Um, Was it Grace Under Pressure in season? Because each season had a a really good, awesome Rodney-centric episode. Yeah. yeah, I think part of the reason I'm going to put for for Rodney not wanting to do the chair is he's not comfortable with the multiplicity feeling that he gets when he sits in there and he's he thinks about so many things all at once, but this is a forcible moving of him. You know, he he's not um, he's not doing it under his own willpower. Um, and then let's see. Okay, Tony at Tony's in the high or in the low nineties. John at I just put John at ninety-seven. Might as well go for broke. Let's see. Capricious comments, you have to have a higher than 75% for upper-level management for the, the, yeah, that's, huh. That's very similar to the concept we used in Lantean Legacy, actually, Mm -hmm. whereas you needed more gene to operate certain parts of Atlantis to fully interact with um, the ships. Mm -hmm. Never going to happen comments. I see Rodney having issues with sharing his mental space. Yes. You know, um, that's, that's a good point. His brain is, is his, his most sacred thing, and he's going to hold on to that thing forevermore, which is what made the shrine so horrifically horrible to all of us. Okay. You know, well, actually, that's Moving not what made it horrifically horrible for me, but that's an entirely different show. <laughs> what was it was Keller who made it horrifically horrible for me. <laughs> well, he, Rodney got better. Reason, that but, was great. It was the Keller part that really fucked it up for yeah. me. Yes. Actually, I think what fucked it up for me was the DeWalt. But anyhow, um, oh, I think part of it is. I, I think part of it was is that was part of in my house. What what idea? What if there's a murder on Atlantis? Say, for instance, during okay. the second wave. 
a very young but talented surgeon comes to the city and she's murdered. <laughs> okay. And John asks for an NCIS agent to come out and investigate Jennifer's murder. Yeah, Killer Dice. That's you know that's getting stars all over my my book here. That's sad. Um, <laughs> let's see. So Keller dies. See how much she um, loves me. <laughs> yes. Should I describe it on screen or should I make it all, you know, somebody, I know. Just murdering you know, Keller would be great enough. It, it would be perfect. It would be a love letter to me. <laughs> I know. She gets, she gets murdered. Somebody set this scene well because she gets murdered in a room where they can slap a stasis on it. And thankfully, nobody pukes. <laughs> Which, you know, is going to get a commentary from, from Tony that he's really glad nobody puked on the evidence. Um, so this is going to be horrific murder, <laughs> not just a murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's see. Um, ooh, yeah. Well, we'll see how that works. Okay. Um, I'm not giving that out. That'll if I write this thing, you'll find out. Um, let's see. So we we've got the the reason for him coming out now. Ian gets slotted from. Let's see, Ian goes from Quantico to the SGC. Now, Ian was also in the service at one time, I believe, as mentioned. (laughs) Jilly, I don't think that's going to (laughs) work. Jilly comments, maybe she was strangled to death by a furry octopus who was in the way of mine and yours. Um, the next line down, though, from Circus says, Ford kills Keller in an enzyme-induced rage thinking she's a queen race. But that she's wouldn't actually one. work in time-wise because Ford leaves during the invasion or the siege. Yeah. Um, so he wouldn't actually yeah. be there when the second wave arrives. And it also wouldn't be a mystery. <laughs> True. Hmm. Pretty hmm. sure that Ford, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, Ian was in the army. I agree with Jilly on that. Yeah. Can we hand wave them into the Marine Corps? Well, actually, no. They did use Army, I thought. Eh. He's a sniper. He's he, He'll get used, no matter who. Um, but, he could, but he could already be in the FBI at that point. Yeah. Regardless of as, what as service he served. True. Now, here's the thing. I re- one of the, the best um, Ian stories I've ever read... Uh, and admittedly he was a side character in it, but it was from his point of view, he got used by everybody. Um, given his rating, given what he does, he got cherry-picked by a lot of different agencies and, and groups, um, all U.S. government, but even though he was officially out of the military, he still went back to do things. You know, when you, when you only have a certain number of people who can do a certain type of shot, they don't retire Not until they can't hold a gun anymore. So, um, in this instance, I think 
Yeah, I think he got cherry picked. Okay, so um, and you know what? Ford is is great for it because this is fugitive retrieval on a on a scale that nobody else does. Oh, you mean that Ian's brought to hunt Ford? Yes. Like maybe they've trapped him on a planet mm-hmm. and they can't find him. That's a good way right. to bring um, Ian Edgerton into the SGA universe, actually. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've blocked off the, um, the Stargate. Off the gate. I hope I can read my handwriting after this. Um, okay. So while Ford is being hunted... In that, we've also got Tony going and and dealing with the horrific murder of Keller and congratulating people on not puking. Um. (laughs) Carrie comments, don't this the furry octopi. They're awesome empaths. A furry octopus would never murder, not even Keller. They're bundles of love and financial genius. Well, they do like pens. I'm not too sure about Maybe Keller stole his pen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, I. So hmm. why are you bringing in Edgerton to Stargate if you don't have a pairing? Because I'm just Ian saying. Ian is the other half of my pairing. Oh, see, he, okay. he, she's a big liar. Did you, did you guys see that? I have it on. I have it on record now. I have proof because you said you weren't going what? to have a pairing. I wasn't originally, but then I decided to, hey, remember, I can change my mind. I'm not locked into anything. This is what being a pantser means. So, and Tony. And if Ian is, is, is teaching at Quantico, he knows Tony. Okay. Um, Maybe once they get Ford on this planet, Tony catches wind of it, and he suggests Ian Edgerton be brought yeah, out that works. because he's an attractor and he, and he knows him, right. so he trusts him with the secret of Stargate right. and all that stuff. And they're like, okay, yeah. Okay, so Tony shows up first in second wave, or actually, no, in that case, he might actually be considered third. Because it's after second wave is as of what third wave is the group that comes back with um damn it, I can't remember the name of the ship, and that sucks. I don't Daedalus, thank you, Jilly. Um So you well, need to decide if they already have Ronin or not. In this but case, Ford no. is on the Ronin planet. So this is But here this is right before that, I think. I want him to slip away. I think. Okay. Well, no, wait a second. No, wait a second. Sorry, I just remember the reason why the Ro- they went to the Ronin planet. They went to the Ronin planet because it was nifty and it had all these these weird things and then they found Ford there. Okay, Ford is Immaterial to the plot at this point, at least on on the Ronin stuff. They don't have him yet. What? Have 
It's your drift. <laughs> Spit it out. I can ignore I you own. just as much as you can ignore me. What I was thinking is, is that what if they trap Ford on that planet? The problem is that planet is a very nice way to get microwaved. Remember? And? Okay, fine. They're on the microwave planet. But no, it's it's, it's yours. I mean, that's that it's yours. Now, that Ford but, escapes. He gets Ford actually escapes because he allows himself to be culled by a wraith dart. Right. So the Wraith are on that planet, Ronan's on that planet, Ford's on that planet. It's a very dangerous situation. Um, and at that point, they didn't have travel to Atlantis that could be done instantly. So when you mentioned the microwave stuff, and while it wouldn't be um, ideal, because a few days, yes, you could be okay in a few days, but there's no way John could hold that gate for weeks. Right. Because it would take several weeks to get the Daedalus out to Atlantis with Ian. And they don't have... Okay. So, they end up on the microwave planet. They've been tracking... They've been. Well, let's see. At that point, they haven't figured out how to um, strip the... the, the addresses from the DHD, have they? I don't know. Is that post or um, pre-feed um, John to the Wraith? I don't know. It's post because but, feed John to the Wraith happens in season one, doesn't it? No. No? Season two. Season two. Um... Hmm. I don't want I don't want Ford taken by the 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 gate be, or the the beam because that's it that makes him disappear totally. But somebody okay somebody gets gets um, gate addresses. Okay, or, the runner is episode two hundred three. That's the third episode in okay. season two. Um, right, two hundred one or two hundred two is. The Daedalus and the the um, dealing with the the virus on in its system. Uh, camera, you know, somebody's going to get smart and stick a damn camera um, right behind the DHD so they can take pictures of somebody dialing. So <laughs> they're going to get that address. So okay, but Tony recommends Ian. Oh, that's um, awesome, Dawn. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay, that's even better. No microwave planet. So that puts it happening during the siege, right? It, he stole the jumper, but instead of going through the gate, he left the city. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ford makes it. And and because he doesn't have the AC aging, I imagine the jumper's on autopilot, right? Uh-huh. Autopilot. It's a super plot hole. Um, 
that he even started the jumper because he doesn't have the gene? What if he kidnapped a gene carrier? That's a, well, no, that's not going to have color dyes because she. Well, color has the gene. Quick question. Yes, I know, but here's a question for you. Is it the presence of the ATA moving in your bloodstream and your in your 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 um, your system, or is it ATA positive blood? Because if he does something to um, Carson and he basically has his hand covered in his blood, it's a mental component. Oh, well, there goes that idea. Yeah, there's a talk about how gene carriers have a mental component that allows them to mm-hmm. activate ancient technology. Um, uh, this is again not about Tony; it's about Ian. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which but, is really interesting, okay. but but it speaks to how plot drift it, works and how yeah. things happen okay, so, when you're thinking through an idea. Yeah. So, so let's, but. In this case, it's while Tony is solving Keller's murder. John brings Ronan back to the um, city, and he's also captured Ford. Okay. Ford gets loose and ends up on the mainland. Okay. Which would be terrible because the Athosians are on the mainland, right? Uh, Right. With Ford, or they take him over to the mainland to dry him out and get him away from all ability to get over to where they have the the um, enzyme stored. Takes care of the pothole, or you know, um, Ford, Ford to mainland, no enzyme, and. Ford goes poof. That's where we call get Keller or get uh, Ian in. Okay, so that takes care of that. Um, concentrating on Keller's death. Why would why would we keep what's gonna, what's the story behind her? Um, well, you don't want to reveal who kills her. In the show, because yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. That's but I want to get some some behind the scenes stuff for her because Tony's going to be digging into her past. So yes, she's a trauma surgeon. Okay. Um, worked area fifty one. Um, had. I want her to have some ambiguous orders or, or at least something ambiguous communication with um, be friendly to him. Now, which him, we don't know, but it's a him. And she was starting to make cow eyes at, at John and Rodney. Rodney made cow eyes back. That's about it. Um, so I think Rodney's going to be a suspect for a moment. And who else can be? We'll figure that out. 
Okay, so I've got that, and I've got some of the motivation behind it, and I've got the reason why we've got Tony out there. So he's going to be helping solve that murder. He calls Ian in because of Ford. When, uh, when Ian comes back and forth, that's when the romance between Tony and Ian is going to either bloom or it's going to rekindle. Hey, that's good. Rekindling. I like rekindling because that allows for, like, immediate sex. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and the reason they stopped it is because um, Ian was shifted over to Fugitive Rescue and he was out. He was gone. Okay, so that covers that, and now i got to figure out who killed Keller and how I'm going to Carson, see Ford. Carson could be a suspect, because maybe she questions his ethics okay. on the genetics research. Yeah, that's a riot. <laughs> and then you can have a couple of guys on the city who have pursued her romantically, because nine times out of ten, women are killed by intimate partners, or, or former yeah. intimate partners. Okay. And, okay, so that works. Um, Especially if she had somebody on the data list and when they left, she stayed and she was kind of cool when she cut them off. That works. Because bitches be crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Someone in the chat room says Miko saw her try to bad touch Rodney. He had to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna make us. I'm gonna make assumptions that all Keller does is bad touch. Okay, because <laughs> she has the worst. Man- yeah. she has the worst bedside manner ever. Yes. So you know, I I honestly, if Miko did it, there would be no evidence. You know, there wouldn't even be. Her a body lifeline wouldn't even cut out. Well, her like, lifeline wouldn't even cut off. She just wouldn't be there. Everybody would be like, "Well, Keller, well, Keller went through the gate. Why didn't she come back?" <laughs> <laughs> or she's passing right in front of the gate, and there's an all of a sudden extreme Oops. backslash. <laughs> didn't mean to do that. My finger slipped. <laughs> Oh, Keller is going on a. We, we could we could do a whole we could do a whole show on a thousand ways to kill Jennifer <laughs> Keller. Um, Keller is going on a mission yes, and Chuck dials the wrong address by accident and she goes through and Chuck goes stop stop I accidentally dialed a space a, a space gate. Oops. I actually dialed it and she's already through. <laughs> and he goes space gate. Shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, one of these days we'll have to do the thousand and one ways to kill Jennifer Keller. <laughs> okay, so you okay. got your pairing, you got your plot, you've got them both on Atlantis. I've got rekindling of romance, so uh, epic and immediate sex. <laughs> and oh, they they can't have a kitty bed. Yeah, the other has to be a real bed. <laughs> yeah. Sized bed, and I don't think Ian's ATA. <laughs> hmm. With Ian's background, uh, we don't even know what it is, but I don't think he's ATA because 
well, actually, the only, the only, by the way, non-Celtic person I've seen ATA is Nico. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all from so, Ireland to Scotland, which, which is really interesting because when they find that cache of Merlins or whoever's mm-hmm. that technology, that's in like Ireland or Scotland, right? Yeah, it's all the Celts, and that that raised some serious flags for me. So, Anne's grandmother is is Irish. Let's do that. Miko, why so, did you button Dr. Keller? I thought I saw a spider. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big spider. Big <laughs> clown. Oh, yeah, it's Stonehenge. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, Julie's uh, back, so and your time is actually up um, go, a few minutes go. ago. <laughs> eh, whatever. I'll, all throw, I'll, throw, I'll throw all that down, and I'm really ready for, I'm really ready for epic reading and sex. Just let you know. Yeah, yeah. I I might get busy. Go for it, do. Oh, just an update on um, my first plot drift where James and Lily live. Um, I'm up to 29k. Just FYI, Jilly, right? Kira. <laughs> Yay! I got it right. <laughs> and how will you be murdering Jennifer Keller? I'm just kidding. Um, plot drift. Tony Lee's plot NCIS. Drift. Um, by the way, the Jotter was a uh, black raspberry chocolate chip, and it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I think I was so into it at, uh, at a couple points that I completely lost the whole thread. Um, <laughs> I especially love tiramisu gelato. It's my favorite. Yummy. Okay, so plot drift, Tony Leaves. So Tony Leaves is a favorite trope of mine, so... Um, Whenever I'm plotting um, an NCIS story, which, of course, they're all Tony-centric because I have no interest in writing anything else, um, I always, you know, much like Lady Holder, I consider where I want to uh, position it in the canon, in the timeline, because there are so many opportunities to have a very satisfying exit for Tony. Because, I mean, in theory, you could take him out anywhere, but just him waking up one day and going, oh, this sucks, I need a new life, isn't quite as satisfying as having it around an event that we all hate. Right. Um, <laughs> My favorite event to hate would definitely be... Um, dead air. Dead air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, also, I'm it's, also really fond of Boxed In, too, because Boxed In pisses me one. off a lot. <clears throat> I have to, you know, I have to be careful about how I deal with Tony leaving around Boxed In because it can, uh, it can come off very high schoolish. Um, you left, you guys left me out, and um, I'm pouting about it. So, uh, you know, I, I actually love to see him leave around that, but a lot of times it just kind of makes me feel like he comes off juvenile, um, as opposed to, hey, I deserve better than this. You know, you guys, I'm really disappointed in you people. Or, hey, Ziva got me shot, and I don't understand why she's still on the scene on the team. She opened fire in a metal container. What the hell? Um, she can't hit the broadside of a barn. So um, Yeah, some assassin, she turned out to fucking be. I'm just yeah. saying. Did Aerie actually just throw himself on her bullet? Um, <laughs> 
just so saying. Some of my I typically prefer to have him leave after Kate dies. Um although there were you know, there's some um chained, the events around chained. Um I uh, I, I kinda had it in the back of my head to have him leave around chained, which is when he's um handcuffed to that serial killer. Um and the reason the thing I dislike about that episode is that Gibbs was such um so unsupportive when Tony was clearly having a really hard time with having to shoot that guy in the head. Um, and it just really kind of just made me set my teeth on edge. Um yeah, Jeffrey White. But I had had this kind of notion about having Tony have someone who is knowing someone, like maybe a godfather or something, who's politically very powerful that Tony doesn't let anybody know about. He doesn't want it to interfere with his career. And like the most obvious place to do that is um, the end of season eight when there's a change of the Secretary of the Navy. Um, the problem with that is that... Um, I, I have such a hard time lampshading why Tony would stay after Dead Air. That's why I don't write anything that's post-Dead Air for the most part, because it's just so horrible. We've talked about this before, what happened. And I would just have to write him like having no self-respect or self-preservation um, to stay with the team as it is. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 oh. Oh, dates, 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 dates. 2008 was a presidential election. That lines up with, so he had taken office in 2009. And that line, oh, oh, yes. Okay, so <laughs> what if, what if, what if, what if, what if Tony, um, one of his frat buddies becomes president? And they're very close. Like, um, like Tony's his god his his you know two year old daughters. Let's say he's got a two year old daughter. Um, young, one of the youngest presidents in the United States history. I'm thinking maybe he's like a couple years older than Tony. And Tony keeps this on the very down low. He doesn't want any you know this guy. Maybe he was a senator or something, and he doesn't want anybody to know that he's got this powerful friend. His friend becomes president, so takes office in January of 2009. Now, the events of Aaliyah take place in May of 2009, which is when Tony's hauled off to Israel to be interrogated and asked to be stand trial. Oh. So what if Tony's friend, who is the President of the United States, hears that his best buddy and the, his, the godfather of his daughter has been hauled off to Israel and they're asking for him to stand trial because he killed a spy who killed um, an ICE agent who was um, being covered for by an NCIS liaison who was guilty of espionage. Hmm. I think he might be a little bit annoyed and decide that it's a not up bit. to Tony. A little bit. A little bit. And that Tony, it's not up to Tony to keep their relationship secret anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I don't think, I think if he is president, that he's not going to go the route of calling um, Mossad. I think he would just go straight to the prime minister of Israel and say, what the fuck are you doing? 
The yeah, and I mean you don't you don't go down the chain when you're when you're the top of the chain. Yeah, <laughs> and since and since Vance and Seknav had allowed this to happen anyway, he's not going to go to them. So, are you going to use a regular fandom character from someplace else for the president, or are you going to make up your own? I probably would make an OC because I can't think of a fandom character that would fit in the age range. Um, if they went to college together, um, uh, it just—I don't know how to how to make that line up with. Um, I need to make him a little bit older than Tony. Because in my canon, Tony would be 36 when this well, almost 36 when this so happened. So he could have my, been my head a, Tony. He could have been a senior when Tony came in as a freshman. Yeah, and he could have been working on his masters while Tony. So they maybe were in the same um, in, in school for the whole four years together, even though Tony's younger than he is. The people in the chat room are are heavy on Matt Sant- Santos from West Wing, <clears throat> but I don't really remember the character. Oh, um, I remember the actor. <laughs> I remember the actor too. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Um, you'd have to binge watch a whole bunch of West Wing. Yeah, I would. I don't want to do that because that was towards the end of the show, right? That he. Anyway, I probably, I mean, I, I could look into it because of the timelines. You know, I can adjust the timeline of um, West Wing if I wanted to go that route. Um, and, yeah, Professor could also work if I wanted to go with an older president. But I think I like the idea of, the, of a younger president who, like, has, like, a really young daughter um, because he does have to be 35 years old. Um, and somebody who wouldn't have, like, a two- or three-year-old uh, if they were – um, in their 60s, 50s or 60s. Um, so, okay, so Tony, um, hmm, so I would think, I, I kind of could see this whole going down if if all of these, like, little, if the president suddenly, like, starts looking into what's going on at NCIS, that could bring a lot of interesting things to light. Uh, I don't see Ziva coming back from Israel. Um, no. Um, I don't see. <laughs> I like in the box. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Which made me think of Oni Stig. We was this comedian that used to put it, he talk about food on a stick. Oni Stig. I don't know why. Sorry. Oh yeah, Oni Stig. Oh yeah, um, brain associations. I, I I can hear them in my head. Yeah. <laughs> On a seek. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Jeep <laughs> <laughs> saying Jeff Dunham. I think I, yeah, I think Jeff Dunham. Dunham. It's one of it's one of his. Oh. Uh, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> that was peanuts. Jeff Dunham. That was all Lady Holder's fault. Because she said in a box, and I would immediately, in a stick. And he had that jalapeno, yes. Sorry, sorry. Okay, go, go. (laughs) I can now, I've got a peanut in my head going, Jeff Dunham, Dunham. (laughs) It's it's amazing how your brain makes connections, right? It is. 
I think my president's name needs to be Jeff now. Uh, no, let's see. Okay, so <laughs> the president is all up and annoyed about um, his friend being um, interrogated by Mossad for doing his job. Um, and then he finds out that they that Diva's been um, engaging in espionage uh, on the whole time that she's been with NCIS. So, of course, you know, like I said, she's not coming back. Uh, Tony, Tony's probably going to be a little bit vexed um, that this is out now. At least maybe not publicly, like the public doesn't necessarily know about it, although I think that that would be kind of an inevitable thing eventually. But he's like, his cover's blown with NCIS, right? Because how do you deal with someone like Leon Vance when your one of your best buddies is the president? You know, it just puts the relationship in a really kind of strange position. So I think that he would go, okay, yeah, enough. And I think maybe he'd have, like, sit down with his friend and be like, you know, I don't understand why you put up with this. Why are you letting them do this shit to you? Um, the thing I have no clarity about now that I have had this great way for him to get him out of NCIS is what the fuck is he going to go do? Uh, it'd be the, the easy thing to do would put be put him in a top secret program like the Stargate, but um, yeah, because no, yeah, that would be the easiest method of 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 um hmm. Yeah, he could go to Hawaii. He, uh, the Islanders probably aren't going to care that he's the president's best friend. Um, hmm. Like, yeah, dude, but can you serve? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Let's see you on the board. <laughs> yeah, an appointed position is kind of ugly. No one likes yeah. to be appointed to a position. Um. um. Yeah, somebody mentioned the president's secret service detail. That actually kind of would put a um, um, that would really change the dynamic of his friendship, their friendship. Um, uh, well, the secret service would probably take Tony if if the president told them to, but um, but I don't see that would cause a lot being, of animosity. Yeah, I don't see it being good for Tony's career, and I don't see it being good for his relationship with his friend to suddenly be on his protection detail. Um. Um. <clears throat> you talk about top secret projects, but there are others besides Stargate. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, absolutely none of them come to mind at present. That's true. Canada, Canada wouldn't care. My, somebody suggested Canada. Canada wouldn't care that he was the president's buddy. 
Um, no, I, I'm not really from. I'm I'm only passingly familiar with Eureka, and I I the idea of binge watching a show to um, no, um, I don't want to. I don't, I don't introduce what what did you owe? Warehouse thirteen. Hmm. was mentioned in the chat room. That is a top secret project, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Because I was not thinking of any. It was just like totally out of my brain. It was really frustrating. Shield. Mm. No, I don't want to deal with superheroes. Um. Hmm. In order to do that one, never says hunt down and clean up the remnants of the center, she would have to be very familiar with the pretender, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I only saw the first two seasons of the pretenders. I kind of hit kind of hit a roadblock on. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I could. Well, if I think about, I mean, he doesn't have to stay in law enforcement. Um, There's something about uh, um, no, not the X Files. Um, I don't want to introduce things like um, weird stuff happening on Earth that um, is inexplicable or um, you know stuff like that. That's just that's just a little bit. I'm kind of thinking that, yeah, he could go and be a teacher. Um, oh, the FBI would definitely care over much who he's friends with. Um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Any, any, any. I think in any situation where the president has power, which would be any federal government law enforcement, um, there would be the line where, okay, don't mess with that guy because he's the president's best friend. There would be no, you know. Yeah, it, it would that. be impossible. Now, I think there might be some, some groups within the FBI that would be less influent, less influenced, or less, less, not act on it over much. But the question is, is from the once the, I think once it, it's revealed um, that he has a close connection to the president, any job, any job appointment he has in the federal government is going to look, um, like favoritism. Um, unfortunately. So if I send him off to do something else, because he can't do, he can't like go to LA and work spe- uh, special operations because he would, he'd be too visible. So undercover work is out. Um, he could join Interpol. Yeah. Yeah, he could join Interpol. A top chef. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, no, it wouldn't be. It's not a matter of saving him. Um, and I don't think that it's a... 
because clearly Tony didn't need to be saved from that situation. It was more a case of somebody being, and if Seknav was going to be indignant about Tony going to Israel, he would have been indignant before Tony ever got on the plane. Um, so it doesn't work as well with the Secretary of the Navy. Unless you want to put Ziva in a U.S. prison cell. Well, that's true. That's true. If, if, because if, if his best friend is the Secretary of Navy, if he lost his shit, it wouldn't impact his overall career to leave the agency and go to a, a different one. It's essentially what you set up with the with the president um, being his best friend is you've kind of ruined his life. Yeah. I mean, for <laughs> law enforcement, yeah, it, it does kind of ruin his life. That's what he wanted to do, and that's what he's been doing, and it's but if it's just, um, say, the Secretary of the Navy or the Secretary of the State, and not, not Secretary of State, it's probably too high, but if it's just the Secretary of the Navy, then you could move him into a different federal agency if you wanted to. Um, and that way, it's not like life-ruining. Yeah. And you could put Ziva in Gitmo. <laughs> <laughs> Because otherwise, you're looking at a whole change of career for Tony. At least into the yeah. president's out of the office. Yeah, very true. Um, so at least eight years of because I'm not going to write a shit president. So we got eight years of uh, Tony not being able to work in law enforcement. Um, Unless he goes to Atlantis, right, or disappears into Area 51. Yeah, which you've already written before. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I have him going to Atlantis in um, my July, one of my July stories, and he's in Area 51 in my in my last story. Um, but if I was willing to send him all the way to Atlantis, there's no reason not to send him to Hawaii, because um, I really don't think the Islanders would give a shit who his. Uh, best buddy was no um, not really like I said <laughs> okay dude he'd be like and you know, he, could, he could have to try to do the whole magnum experience you know like oh well if I can't do law enforcement I might as well get a Hawaiian shirt and go investigate uh, you know I'm, I'm, gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Hawaii and be magnum um, Yeah, the governor would care for sure. But Karen asked if it would be possible to get him on the plane without Seknav being aware of it until after the fact, and I kind of doubt it. Um, it was always my opinion that Seknav was re- directly responsible for him going to Israel to begin with. So if you yeah. made his best friend the Seknav, um, shit would go. But you know what, though? If his best friend was Seknav, I think shit would have hit the fan way before. Way, way before Aaliyah, yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on when he became the Seknav. Well, it was Davenport. Um, I mean, you'd have to, I'd have to write in a change of Seknav at some point because it was Davenport until the end of season eight for the whole show. Philip Davenport was sec- Secretary of the Navy. Right about the Secretary of the Navy is the Secretary of Defense. 
sorry, that was that, that was in response to a question in the chat room. Yes, it's SecDef is is above the Secretary of the Navy. <clears throat> so if he goes to Hawaii to do the Magnum thing, of course he gets to get it on with Steve. Um, if I send him to and yeah, there's much not there's never will never be enough Tony Steve fix in the world. No, there um, will not be. No. Um, if I send him to just Dargate proper as opposed to Atlantis, I probably put him with Cameron Mitchell. Mm. I think. I haven't done that before. Um Let's see. I mean, Stargate has a lot of appeal because it's just something he can kind of disappear into, and he's obviously got the law enforcement experience to do it. Um, but, yeah, Hawaii. So I think Hawaii would be probably Hawaii or, or um, um, Stargate. And I think Stargate, actual Stargate, not Stargate Atlantis. I'm not saying no to a Tony Cameron pairing. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Yeah, it kind of, now the funny thing about this this drift is that I like a lot of the elements of it, but there are some things that I, you know, normally I don't have as many when I come up with a plot idea. I don't have as many um, unresolved issues in my mind. So, like, uh, the whole, the relationship aspect is kind of more what he fell into, not the point of the story, The who, whoever the pairing is. Uh it would almost be like another episode. Yeah, I could see this being episodes more than a single story because the the climax of the story, I would think, the way it kind of feels at the at how it's working out in my head right now, is kind of him getting to be more him leaving, deciding on a new path for his life. Um, the the you know all of all of the stuff about his past with the president comes out I mean that's kind of all the pinnacle of the story it's not the relationship Um, so So you have him staying at NCIS and transferring into Cheyenne Mountain as their agent probably yeah well no no I think that he would uh, probably um, um, transfer into AFOC they have civilian agents which is what is Office of Special Investigations uh, which awesome. is the Air Force equivalent of NCIS, and they have mm-hmm. they don't they have they unlike NCIS, which is all civilian agency, AFOC is a blend, as I recall. Um, they have some civilian agents, but they also have military um, assets. So, um, so I think I would have him leave entirely. Um, Especially since um, NCIS upper management is not going to feel very good about Tony at that point. Uh, they got they get they get. I mean, Vance is going to get blindsided by Tony's relationship, and he's not going to appreciate it. Well, you know, it's not Vance's fucking business. 
It isn't any of his business. It, I mean, that and that would I agree absolutely would be none of Vance's business that uh, who Tony's best who's Tony's buddy buddy is. But he's gonna probably still feel annoyed about it. Oh, surely. And blame Tony. <laughs> he could have a beach house next to Steve's. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody suggested that Tony do what uh, he's doing in the new show, which is going on to be a um, jury consultant. And I don't feel like Tony, has, even if he had a degree in psychology, that takes years of experience to, um, and a lot more um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Michael Weatherly's new show, it's called Bull. He's a uh, psychologist who is a jury consultant and helps people um, win, win their trials. And it looks like it's going to be really, really good, but I don't see a uh, real reasonable way to take Tony at the stage in his career that I am working with and transition it into a career like that. No, that would take a lot of work. I'd have to back up a lot further in Tony's life to make that transition happen. Um, Because that's not something that you just step into doing one day and go, oh, I'm going to be a jury consultant from now on. Um, (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Here's my card. I mean, I can easily see somebody going from being in law enforcement to being a private investigator, but it doesn't really um, – but some career jumps. I mean, I could even see somebody in Tony's situation going into being a teacher if he's got the right um, educational credentials and it's a subject he's interested in. Um, Security or bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I think he'd be bored. Um and some companies have their own um, investigative units for um, corporate espionage. Yeah, yeah, he could do something like that. Um, he could even um, um, own one. Not entirely own it on his own, but uh, I often have Tony have um, financial assets. Um, he could have... Um, like own have have a significant share of a private security company, maybe that he inherited from his mother. I'm reading some of the comments in the chat room. I'm I'm not with the local Philly PD. Call him if the local mom were to start. Moving out to who? I don't even understand what that means. Mob, local mob. Oh, mob, mob. Um, Tony's um, it would be Baltimore, um, and Tony's um, Tony's experiences with the mob were in Baltimore. Uh, and I don't see new mob moving in on the mob that's already in Hawaii, which is um, the uh, Yakuza. Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that, that is, I don't think so. Yeah, it's the Yakuza. I don't think they're gonna be. That's a different whole situation right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Um, I don't see if if the Italian mob is moving into Hawaii. I don't see their top priority being Tony, um, while they're they're trying not to get murdered by the Yakuza. So, 
Um, yeah, I kind of so I I kind of have two possible directions, but I think I'm actually kind of leaning towards this would be more of a Jen story, because once you um, introduce, if you go through, if you kind of think the climax of the story is his departure, um, you I don't think you want to really introduce a relationship into falling action. No, um, it feels awkward, and it feels like you're shortchanging. Um, it, it, it feels like you're trying to start another story when you introduce a relationship into the falling action. I mean, you can have them meet somebody. I've read stories that were great where it's like you meet the person that they're attracted to and then the story kind of ends and it kind of gives you like a, oh, you have hope for what's happening with them next. But to actually write the whole relationship starting and getting together and, and then you end the story at that note, it's a little bit, well, it's just what you could structure do. to me. What you could do is um, have... Cameron Mitchell be the one who picks Tony up at the airport or meets him at the um, security office in the Cheyenne Mountain to give him his tour. Oh, that's good. You get hold out of his hand and say, hi, you know, I'm Cameron Mitchell. And Tony goes, oh. <laughs> oh, aren't you oh, Jeff? Welcome, to, welcome to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I think I could go to Colorado. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I'm just, you know, because, because Cameron in the uniform is, is never not going to be awesome. <laughs> no, no, that is always going to be good. Um, and maybe, maybe um, there's a note in Tony's file. This is interesting. Maybe. Um, Okay, so when the ATA gene became a thing, uh, what if they just did searches on um, known databases for carriers, and Tony was flagged as having the gene but not a good candidate for recruitment because of his deep ties to NCIS? And so the president knows about this, that Tony has been flagged for possible um, – to make it kind of a natural transition is right. when he's now looking for so Tony would probably come in like what the hell dude you like you got involved in this mess in Israel that I knew I could handle and now I have to find a new job and he says well there's another agency that's very interested in you and they don't care how that do you, I'm the president <laughs> no they really don't and how do you feel about the Air Force in Colorado if I get to Colorado, I get to Colorado <laughs> on the regular. I still get to see you, dude. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like I that. Like that. Uh, I like that too. It kind of gives me a. Um, a uh, I'm just going to hit all of the Stargate, you know, geographies. We got Area 51 covered, and about Atlantis covered this summer, and now I'm going to cover Cheyenne Mountain. Actually, I kind of got Cheyenne Mountain and Journey Home, but. Kind of, I did, but you know, I'm just gonna just gonna hit them all. We'll just hit all the, all of the, and all of the available male characters that I like, except for John and Rodney. <laughs> not because I'm not willing to go there, but because Tony and John are brothers, and I can't ever get past that now. She's kind of infected me. I'm going to be um if so some of you have paid attention to my uh 
It's not my turn. Go ahead. Are you done? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am. I, I think. I think I've got my plot down. Well, you got a minute left, so. No, but, I think um, I think I got. I, there's some. Um, I do think that I think the pairing is going to be like the potential for the future kind of thing, and not at all the climax of the story. I think the climax of the story is Tony coming into his own and being willing to leave and not because I, I think the whole the relationship with the president coming out of the in, in, into the spotlight is going to be sort of symbolic of Tony coming out of the shadows um, and not hiding behind so much stuff and pretending to be things he's not. And right. Walking Gibbs shadow and you know acting as Gibbs punching boy, you know whipping boy basically, um, diffusing Gibbs temper. And that's just no kind of life, right? So uh, I think that he, I think that's gonna be the point is Tony coming into his own. And yes, he kind of got thrown off a cliff without his permission, but um, I think it's gonna be really good for him. So I think that. If the pairing isn't the point, that would be um, the point. It, it would be about Tony, and the pairing would be the potential for the future. And then there would be all of the requests for a sequel. And I'm just saying right now, don't do it. <laughs> and I really like this idea. I probably will write this one. Actually, I'm going to write Sounds the last really cool. one, too. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay. What was I gonna say? Oh, oh, um, Julie kind of infected me. Um, if you've noticed in my Sentinels of Atlantis the casting, I have recast the character of Declan Frost. I haven't recast him in what might have been in Ties That Bind because I have art already in those two series where he is um, Michael Weatherly. But in Sentinels of Atlantis, um, the part of Declan Frost isn't going to be played by Michael Weatherly because Michael Weatherly's character, Tony Dinozo, is going to make an appearance. And not as Patrick Shepard's son, but as Patrick Shepard's nephew through his wife. Um, Patrick married a Paddington. And so did Anthony Dinozo Sr. And Tony is... Uh, Patrick's nephew. And Tony's going to come online during the empathic event. Um... And freaks the fuck out. And uh, Patrick is going to be his next of kin. And so that, that's how I'm going to bring Tony Dinozo into the um, Sentinels of Atlantis universe. But that's a, that's a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different ball game. Um, but, but I did recast Declan. I did um, as Tyler. I cannot say his last name. Hecklin. Hecklin. Mm-hmm. Hecklin. That like is I'm not how I would something. have ever said that, because I would have put that O, big O, which would be Hochlin. <laughs> <laughs> Hecklin. Tyler Hecklin is now um, Declan Frost on Sentinels of Atlantis. So, um, and, uh, <clears throat> And I just said she would call him Hooch because she would do the but, same thing as me. Yeah. So yeah. But then you, but then you yeah. need a Turner. So. Yeah. Oh dear. I, mm. I did not need that Hooch. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So slobbery. Anyways, <clears throat> um, plot drifts. Tony leaves NCIS. Okay, so Lady Holder went to Atlantis. 
Um, and Jilly went to Colorado. Um, I'm going to Hawaii for the summer for my little black dress because I am doing a Tony Steve um, Sentinel fusion um, where Tony is the guide and Steve is the Sentinel. And I'm I've been I've plotted a couple times, but I still haven't got it quite figured out. Um, but I'm still working on it. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. So Tony leaves the NCIS. So first, I have to pick my my point of no return, so to speak. Um, and I think I'm gonna go with boxed in um, as my because uh, it really pisses me off that whole boxed in thing. Um, and boxed in is the episode where Tony and Ziva get stuck in a shipping container and Ziva fires off a round with her weapon after being told, ordered not to, um, and Tony is injured and then she lies to the rest of the team, basically, and tells him it, it tells everybody else it was just a scratch. Even though she shot him. Mind you, in right. the episode he is bleeding through a heavy winter coat. Which how do you get a scratch on a crate through a winter coat? I do not know. You don't. It it has to be a ricocheted bullet. It's either mm-hmm. it's penetrated layers of, of of a wool coat and his shirt, and he's bleeding through it. So th- this is an actual serious injury that he's gotten, and it's played off like a joke, and it's really infuriating. Um, I think that it would be like a situation where he does have a bullet in his arm. And or at least a fragment of a bullet uh, in his arm. So, okay. Bullet in is actually potential for less bleeding than bullet out. Right. Right. Because the the bullet a bullet in I mean it's not good to leave a bullet in a wound, but it can also act as like a cork. You don't want it to shift, but you know you'll bleed probably bleed less with the bullet in, depending well, on if thing it passed is, through an artery or not. From from the, from the kind of injury that he got, that it's bleeding through. This is a puncture wound. This is not something that. Um, So yeah, so so it's definitely an impact wound, um, whether it's a ricochet of the bullet or shrapnel from the crate or a mixture of both. Um, he's bleeding profusely, so but not out the back of his arm. Or there's only one entrance. There's only one place it's bleeding, so he's not got a through and through. Mm-hmm. But it's more than a scratch because otherwise, if it was just a scratch, he wouldn't be bleeding through a wool coat. Curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. But fan, but Cannon is my bitch. Oh, you can have a small bleed for hours upon hours and still be functional. So the amount of time period that passed really isn't significant as long as he hasn't hit an artery. Sometimes I look over at the chat room at the at the wrong time and I see something and I'm just like I'm just totally derailed. 
Cinna. <laughs> For those of you on the podcast, Cinna writes, These trees need to stop masturbating and afflicting me with allergies. <laughs> Anyways, trees, stop masturbating. You're fucking up Cinna's sinuses. Okay, so I'm going to go boxed in. Um, I'm going to... Is this before or after he's accused of murder? Uh, boxed in is after the murder accusation. The murder accusation is frame-up, and frame-up occurred... Um, which is immediately in, after. Um, it's three episodes later. So frame-up is episode nine, but it's three episodes later, but it's quite a, it's a big jump in time later, so it's almost mm, two months later. Because frame-up occurs before the holiday break. Was that the which first is, or the second um, murder accusation? It's the first murder accusation. The second murder accusation is in season six um, when – I'm sorry, season five – when um, Jean Benoit accuses him of killing her father, and the third murder accusation is in season six in the episode Bounce, when Rennie Grant um, frames him for the death of that guy in the hotel. Can they come up with a new storyline? Thanks, that'd be great. (laughs) So is Requiem the one where... um... Requiem is the one where he saves Gibbs from drowning, and that's in season five... Um, so which one's the one where he end. got connected to murder again in season five? Uh, that is um, Internal Affairs, episode 14. So if we go with the yes. first murder accusation, that happens before Boxed In, um, which would make it really funny if I had him move into the FBI, because Slacks would hate that shit. But it would amuse oh, me. He- he would really hate it, and that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Frame Up is Chip. That's the one where the, the forensics tech assistant for to Abby frames him for killing a woman who wasn't actually dead by planting her legs in um, and this Monaco, puts I think. him this puts him out before hiatus. Um, mm-hmm. Who's the director at this point? Jenny. Okay, so... Jenny's the director because it's after Kill Airy. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have him. Um, so, timeline now, interestingly, about the timeline is so frame up is season nine, it's episode nine of season three. So, Ziva's only been on the team. Her first episode and with the team is season four as a team member. Not season four, episode four. But episode eight, the episode right before Frame Up, is Undercover, where they went undercover as a married couple, and Tony got beat to shit. Right. And essentially her defense. Yeah. So you've got the Undercover episode where he gets beat up. Then the next episode he gets accused of murder. And the two episodes I have later after that, he it winds up um, nearly getting killed because of Ziva's incompetence. So he's like completely done, I think. Um, let's see, Jenny's director. So, like, I'm gonna 
start my story after the events of Boxed In, um, I'm going to have Tony spend a couple of days in the hospital. I think. So Tony's first day back at work at NCIS... There has to be a... <laughs> Can we kill Ziva? <laughs> um, I sent her to get me on one story. What story was that? Okay, that was, was really funny. Sick. It was oh, really memories. funny. It was memories that I sent her to Gitmo. <laughs> Fucking love it. Ziva should always go to Gitmo. Just, just saying. Well, if Tony was in the hospital, then Gibbs would know that he'd been seriously injured and he wouldn't be bitching at him about being unavailable. Because you don't go into the hospital as a federal agent without your federal agency being notified. Unless you're and you gotta remember, on NCIS this, and there's bad writing. Yeah. This, uh, this occurs in January of 2006, so it's the winter. Um... It is less than a year, so it's like, what is it, like eight months after he had the plague? Mm-hmm. So he's in that he's in that shipping container with the probably the worst condition his lungs could possibly be in in January, all day. Um, and he inhaled a lot of smoke when they burned all of that uh, counterfeit cash. So, maybe, (laughs) 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 that's 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 awesome, (laughs) I couldn't write it, but it's awesome, someone says in the chat room, Brad goes postal on all of them and sues for custody of Tony. They'd be like, where's Tony? Oh, Brad Pitt got him in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I have a story in the works, Carrie, with Tony Brad. So I'm just, to answer your question, yes, I have a story in the works with Tony and Brad get together. (laughs) Okay, so... Boxed in happens, and Tony is injured. I want to go over to fucking um, Netflix and watch Boxed in. I'm sure. Tony injured during. Um. I think it like. I'm making a minor injury in the box. Um, so he takes a couple of days off. You know, he has to requalify with his weapon because he had an arm injury in his right arm, right? 
Yes, it is his right arm. Um, so he has to requalify for his weapon. Maybe he had to have stitches. Like if it's a ricochet, a, it would have to be a pretty forceful one to get through that coat, but it would explain the amount of blood if there wasn't a projectile in his arm. Because mm-hmm. if, if it went straight through, there'd be more blood. Right. Okay, so like so he can't be in the field and un- until this injury is healed and I want to avoid like that whole bitchy scene, conflict scene that always happens in these stories where um Everybody gets told off. Yeah. Which can be amusing, but I'm not really interested in writing anything like that. Um, It has its place. Um, I would just like Tony to be super adult about it and go, you know what? I'm done. And then just like, I'm done. (laughs) See ya. Done. (laughs) That's really actually how I react to things. I'm done. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but um, maybe uh, because he's on um, desk duty, uh, this is really annoying. Uh, I do like the idea of Tony going to Atlantis. I think that's a lot of fun. If I was going to take Tony to Atlantis, I would definitely pair him with um, someone like Evan Lorne. That would be fun. Um, (laughs) Here's the thing about giving a big speech if you're leaving. Um, You only notify somebody of their mistakes with two intentions. One, in the hopes that they'll change. Two, in the hopes that they'll apologize. If you're leaving, who gives a fuck if they change? And I don't want their fucking apology. Well, on the third, well, I think there's a third reason, which is that you want them to feel bad. But I don't think that's really in Tony's. A, no. I, don't, I don't really see Tony doing that. And B, none of those people are going to feel bad. <laughs> and he would know that. Oh. Oh. Oh, I've got a really good idea. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. The events of Boxed In happens, and Tony's kind of unhappy about all this, and he's, it's some bullshit. Um, their very next case, they catch a body. And that person is connected to the Stargate program. They are, um, it's a Marine. And he served on Atlantis. And the death of this Marine, it turns into a cold case. 
because um, they can't, there's no solving it. it. It becomes a cold case. Or, oh, maybe it's been a cold case for a while, and because Tony's on, oh, oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, Tony gets injured during box in. He's on death duty, so he's looking through cold cases, and he comes across a cold case of a dead Marine. It's been there for a while. It belonged to a different team. He, It's a new case. They've, you know, maybe Balboa brings it to him. Says, hey, since you're on destiny, why don't you love to look at this? You know, take a look at this. It's been cold for a while, and I could, you know, use some input, right? So he starts working on it, and he solves it. Well, this marine was one of John's marines, and when the when it comes back that it's been solved, Evan Lauren is on Earth, and he goes to Washington to thank the NCIS agent who found, or maybe not, maybe not Evan, I'm, I might go with O'Neill, 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 O'Neill. Because he's already comes in Washington, to, right? Right. Comes to NCIS to thank Tony for uh, solving this murder because it was important to them. I'm going to have to pick out a Marine from Atlantis that's special. <sighs> for fuck's sake, I'm going to have to kill Stackhouse. Mm, but that leaves Markham all alone. Markham's already dead. Well, in canon, yes. But yeah, in canon, think... Markham. Maybe that's why. Markham comes back to Earth um, after the events of this. Um, no, Stackhouse comes back to Earth after the siege um, because Markham is dead. Bates. Okay, I can kill Bates much better. Thank you. Thank you. Because it was hurting my heart to kill Stackhouse. It really was. I'll kill Bates. Because Bates does come back. Uh, Bates does go back to Earth after the siege. Okay. So, okay. It didn't happen. It's Bates now. We're, 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 we're going to kill Bates. Um, Cadman would be on um, Atlantis during this time period. Um, so, it has to be Bates. Um, okay. So he solves the murder of Bates. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll write it down so I don't accidentally use that house later, you guys. Okay. Sorry. It was just I couldn't think of anybody else that really stands out as a character on Atlantis, but then Bates, of course. Who I can write good or bad, depending on my mood. Um, so, again, O'Neill comes to NCIS. Well, since O'Neill's become the director of Homeworld Security, he carries around a device that looks like a pen. Except it's not a pen. It's an ancient um, stylus, basically. It's, it's used to interact with ancient technology, and Jack carries it around to identify gene carriers. I like on that. The, on the fly. And it's a doodad. It's absolutely a doodad. And Jack drops his doodad, and Tony picks it up, and it lights up like Christmas. And he goes, are you happy at NCIS? <laughs> <laughs> right, so Jack finds out that Tony has the gene. And that way I can make, uh, like, this could be, if I did a three-part 
arc. This is part one. Um, and then part two would be him um, well maybe he has to make a choice because like there are there there's ancient technology um no cuz like the going to kill Keller I can't kill Keller too uh uh so <clears throat> well yeah we could all kill Keller do you, <laughs> do you want to kill Keller too we could yeah, we could definitely all kill Keller you know I, <laughs> do we have a murder trifecta <laughs> we we could we could we can all make it part of the same series. Three I ways that Jennifer Keller died. I could, I could kill her when she's just at the SGC. Oh, look at that. Oh, <laughs> hmm. who knew? It's Carter, a darn good thing we've got a. Fix we, the darling computer. <laughs> it's a good thing we've got a resident unit here. Uh, <laughs> we should do a mini challenge on RT for killing Keller. <laughs> The Unkeller Chronicles, yeah. <laughs> or actually, you know what? It could be like a major challenge. It could be like, um, uh, kill your least favorite character in fandom. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Wait, wait a minute. There's too many choices. What? What? Ron would die a lot. <laughs> Ron would die I don't know a who lot. I'd, I don't know who I'd want to kill first. Keller, Ron Weasley, and Ziva. <laughs> I'll go on a road trip. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so um, Tony comes to Colorado. Um, so uh, they give him the option of staying um, with NCIS um, and going to Atlantis. Uh, joining um, what's the Army's investigative unit? Um, CID. Criminal joining investigation CID. Joining CID. Joining CID. Joining CID. Has, has civil, civilian assets. So. Do they not? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it's all Army. Maybe a civilian liaison with CID at Area 51. That could mm-hmm. be. But no, if he has a gene, there's plenty of reasons for him to go to Area 51. It has nothing to do with criminal investigation. So, and then there's Atlantis. Those are his options. If he comes to um, Stargate instead of... Um, It's always in my head, Kenan, that Tony actually has several degrees. Um, yeah. Because I think he's very bright, and um, you don't make the kind of intuitive leaps that he makes without having a certain kind of um, 
This is going to sound terribly snotty. Okay. The character of Tony makes intuitive links um, and intellectual leaps that are not um, within the wheelhouse of somebody with average intelligence. That's ugly. <laughs> we, our brains tend to work a certain way, right? And when mm-hmm. you have um, a lot of, uh, when you're very smart, your brain works differently than everybody else's. And I don't think Tony's brain works in an average sort of way. So I do think that he has um, a very active brain, and he's not someone who could have just um, stopped educating himself. So I think he has more than one degree because you just some people just can't stop; they they, they don't stop learning. Spencer Reed is the one who doesn't stop learning, um, but I would say his intelligence is very different from Tony's. Um, or someone like Charlie Epps on numbers. They're, mm-hmm. uh, and, then you look, and then you look at Rodney. I think Rodney and um, Tony and Carter all have um, a very similar um, intelligence in that they make uh, connections and leaps through Topics and subjects to create a um, a whole, whereas Tony uses it in criminal investigations and Rodney uses it in astrophysics, and Carter is more of an engineer. Um, Daniel's intelligence, Daniel's smart, but Daniel's intelligence is emotional. Um, Daniel has like three or four times as much emotional intelligence as practically everybody else on his team. <laughs> and that's huge. He has, a, he has a humongous well of empathy um, and the ability to empathize with others and their situations and to see connections between people um, that gives him an uh, enormous amount of um, emotional intelligence that is very different from the intelligence that you see in Carter, who is actually almost divorced from her emotions. Um... Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I think that I when Tony and and Carter and um Rodney, they all their brains are geared towards solving problems. Um they aren't just knowledge bases. They are pulling all of these facts and things that they know organically together in a way to fix something, to come up with solutions. Um 
and maybe sometimes they don't always track every step they do in their heads, but it all comes together in a um, in a really organic way, their knowledge, their skills, and then just their intelligence to create solutions to problems, whereas opposed to somebody who is just very knowledgeable, often doesn't know how to apply it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Tony has, um, Tony is very gifted in his ability to to move around people and to read people, which is why the, the character is very good undercover. Um, and it speaks to Mark Weather, Weatherly's talent as an actor that he gave Tony so much depth with so little to work with. <clears throat> so I don't know where I want to take Tony. Lady Holder went to Atlantis. Julie stayed in Colorado. Area 51 is kind of boring. You could have him be Jack's, like, you know, um, traveling problem solver. Have problem will travel. That puts him in an antagonistic, antagonistic, mm, say it for me. Antagonistic? Yes, thank you. It just would not come out of my mouth. It was <laughs> terrible. Um, it puts him in a position where he would be in conflict with a whole, a whole bunch of people um, and doesn't really um, help my pairing. Well, did you did you decide on Evan Lorne? I did, which 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 puts me on Atlantis anyway, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Unless you want to have Evan stay behind for some reason. Is um. Evan Air Force or Marines? I believe Evan Air Force. All the officers were Air Force. Um, it was only the... I've written him so many um, different ways. Now, I, I, I write John as a Marine. I think I've always made Evan Air Force. Yeah. I think in terms of canon, I believe all the officers were Marine, were, were Air Force. And um, it was the... Uh, most of the enlisted men were Marines. Which sort of makes... There, there's, that actually makes a lot, of, a lot of sense that they would do it that way, but... Well, this would be post-Siege because... Um, or just post-Siege, because, let's see. Okay, so, the Siege Part 3, July 2005, and Boxed In takes place January 2006, so Evan is definitely on Atlantis at this point. Well, um, the Siege the, the siege, um, the siege Part 3 is squishy, because... Um, Parts one, parts one, two, and three all occurred in the same time period, right? Right. And part two occurred. Parts one and two occurred in March, so part three had to have also occurred in March. That big long gap. Um, right. Is the is is the season is opener, them on Earth? Beginner. Them on Earth, and then and then um, traveling that six week trip to. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to use Atlanta dates for for dates of episodes, like for actual really time hard. frame, timeline, because of there's there's the three or four week trip the Daedalus takes um, in a single episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like what the hell. But still, uh, that would still be because Boxed In takes place in 2006. So either way, Evan is on Atlantis. From a date's perspective, you're sort of lining up with January, The Hive, Part 2 which is part two of The Lost Boys. If you go a little bit later, you've got Epiphany. Why? My mouse is doing random clicks. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you have the whole kind of from a time-wise perspective of if it takes him six weeks to get there, you've got the whole like last six or seven episodes of season two, um, which is arguably epiphany through um, the season finale of two. So you've got the whole Michael episode. Um, You know, I hate that episode more than I hate any other. That episode's horrible. Well, no, I hate Trinity, too. <laughs> Truth be known. <laughs> Trinity is awful. Um, you have that one where uh, McKay is trapped. Um, um, Which is Grace Under Pressure. Yeah, in the sinking puddle jumper. I kind of almost want to make him come directly after Trinity and decide to just be Rodney's best friend. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Because no one else is talking to him like, what the fuck is this? Timelines are your bitch. And then he would be on Atlantis when um, critical mass happens. And that would be like right in his wheelhouse to investigate the trust getting that bomb onto Atlantis. Right. Tony and Rodney would be best bros. I just, it's my headcanon. It's always my headcanon that Tony really likes Rodney at at first meet, and Rodney's a little bit like, what is wrong with you? So he like keeps going to Tony to Rodney's office to be his light switch, and meanwhile John's still trying to be mad, <laughs> and yet profoundly jealous of this really hot NCIS agent spending so much time with Rodney. It'll be great. Yep. That's what's happening. Rodney, 
Tony's gonna come rescue Rodney from his shaming. Because <laughs> I fucking hate that. It's terrible. I rewatched Trinity recently for reasons, and I just that whole end of that episode, I was just like, oh, ugh, ugh. Plus, nobody was shaming Caldwell for his insistence that this thing happen. No. Azure just got a plot bunny. I regret nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely gonna take Tony to um Atlantis and he's gonna be Rodney's best friend. And I'm not sure about um I think it's definitely gonna be a a Tony Evan pairing. 'Cause I I do have an OTP in in Stargate and that is Rodney John and I'm not sure um I could write Tony and Rodney together, so that they're definitely just gonna be best friends. Unless something happens in the writing that I don't expect to happen, which doesn't often happen with me because I'm a plotter. <laughs> well, Tony is a flirt, so he could totally flirt with Rodney and not have any and think and think that that Rodney and John are perfect together, but Rod, John is being an ass and just have no compunction about um, flirting with Rodney. And that could totally get John's back up. Senna says the sex in T- TD was unexpected. What is TD? Tangled Destinies is my Star Trek story. Oh, well, I had to get some anal sex in that shit somewhere, for fuck's sake. But um, Jim's teacher in Tangled Destinies has a male lover, and um, I have a scene in Tangled Destinies with that in there. And yeah, and I didn't set out to write it. It, it happened, but it's just because I got really fed up with how little sex I could write in that series, and it, it just kind of happened. It it surprise, but sex happens to everybody eventually. <laughs> Some people more literally than others. <laughs> Alrighty, um, that's all I got. I'm really enjoying writing my first plot drift. I'm, I'm, um, I went to a place I didn't anticipate that I would go when I was actually doing the plot drift, um, and because I had thought that like it would all just be like that first scene would be Voldemort and Harry in um, the alley, and that's not what happened. Um, so it's it's really interesting, and um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it when you see it. The... Of course we will. <laughs> Anyways, that's my show. I'll probably be having another show tomorrow night since I'm not doing anything tomorrow. We'll see. I don't know. It will depend. Have a good evening. Bye. And that's it. I totally ran out of um, time to do music. Maybe.